When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Everybody. Welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Looking ahead to a game that's been described by Sam Allardyce as massive, uh, the visit of West Bromwich Albion to Goodison Park this weekend. We'll be looking specifically at that and then also you know, Theo Walcott's arrival and uh, the possibility that there may not be a left-back arriving at, uh, at Goodison in the transfer window. Say May, you know, these things can change, but you know, that was uh, the, the latest from the press comments. But we'll start with West Brom. I mean, um, Sam himself says it was a massive game. Has he oversat on it a little bit, or has it suddenly become that much more significant in light of uh, recent results, stroke performances? Uh, obviously, Dave was there when he said it at Wembley on, on Saturday night after the defeat to Spurs. I think he's perhaps oversold it in some respects but I think he, he's probably a bit of amateur psychology with his players I think yeah. I think he needs to jolt them back into reality um, I think they were trying to run before they could walk and I think Sam was as he admitted as well and we wrote about was perhaps guilty of, of doing a little bit the same I think he was caught in two minds I think he went against his instincts and perhaps has gone against his instincts in the past couple of games yeah. very wary of the expectation on him and of the club that he starts producing a more expansive uh Footballing team, but in terms of calling it massive, I think it's it was certainly designed. I felt to hit home to the players, mm. and perhaps perhaps he was also saying it so that Goodison would react positively, maybe on Saturday, yeah. um, because obviously they've lost four on the spin in all comps, haven't they? And you know they've they've obviously. Uh, Giving up shooting on target mm. for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um. Re- regular listeners to the Royal Blue podcast will, of course, know that was the voice of Phil Kirkbride, who's uh, been at Finch Farm today listening to uh, to Sam Allardyce. Uh, we're also joined with Adam Jones and Sam Carroll today. Top Toffees, along with myself, Dave Prentice. Um, Sam said after the game last weekend that he was too adventurous. And I know it didn't go down well, suggestions that he should have been you know, more boring and he wants to see them on last on match of the day. Fully understand you know, why that would have caused you know, some angst amongst the Evertonians. But by that token, we want to see an attacking lineup tomorrow, don't we? I mean, Sam, you want to see Theo Walcott starting tomorrow, don't you? Yannick Balassi in the starting lineup. Would you shoehorn Rooney and Sigurdsson in there? Or? I don't think you can, really, can no. you? Just... The, the BTW trio, as it's going to be known from now on, Balassi, Tosin and, uh, and Walcott should, should obviously start the game and then I think it's got to be 
where, where do any of them fit in? And then you've yeah. got to find a place for Davy Claxton as well, obviously. So, <laughs> <laughs> to, to find him Moving well. swiftly on. Not sure, <laughs> not sure I agree. I think you can fit Rooney and Sigurdsson in. Do you? Go on, how do you do it? West Brom are home. Like, no offence to West Brom. We shouldn't really be playing two defensive midfielders in my head. So Rooney plays as one of the midfielders. I think yeah. Rooney plays yeah. alongside Gay almost, like given a free role. Yeah. Move Sigurdsson more central and have Walcott and Balassi yeah. on the wings. It's interesting. My concern with that is that Rooney's passing over the last like month or so has been absolutely dreadful. Um, whether that's because they're against teams that he has been trying desperately to impress too hard against, you know, Man United, Liverpool. Uh, he, he wasn't the worst at Tottenham, but you know, certainly wasn't great either. Uh, maybe he could do it more against West Brom but I, I don't know I, I personally can't see a place for him in that team if Sigurdsson has moved in a central role and presumably Walcott is going to be played as a wide player and he's not going to be played as a central striker alongside Tosin is he so a few uh, a few I don't know discussions for Sam to make with uh, with his coaching staff regarding the starting lineup. I, I definitely feel that the arrival of Walcott and the return to fitness of Balassi rubber stamps the fact that Rooney's future belongs deeper now yeah, yeah. Um, Sam has obviously mentioned it he's played him deeper and advanced you know he's sort of flipped, with, flipped between the two in his yeah. game so far but I feel now that, that Everton are adding genuine pace back into the team um, I agree with Adam I think it, this provides the opportunity to start playing Sigurdsson where he should be playing yeah. which is behind the striker um, where he looks more comfortable I think he's more effective and I think you'll start to see more of the £45 million footballer that Everton bought yeah. Um, and Rooney, as you say, you know, has he got the legs anymore to really offer the support to Tosin mm. that he'll need? As he beds into English football, I don't think he has. But has he still got the quality on the ball uh, to be a, a deeper midfield player? I think he has. Whether or not that's that's the right game tomorrow, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's how adventurous Sam expects West Brom to be. Sure. You know, given the fact that they're still scrambling at the second bottom in the league. I suspect they'll be there for, to contain Everton more than. They're one of those teams, aren't they? That you know you you expect to be at Goodison Park, yet they always tend to be a little bit more difficult and a little bit more awkward to play against. So now it's not going to be a straightforward. You know, there's obviously a new, well, relatively new manager in charge as well. So just interesting to think yeah. about the game last season was it was the shootout for seventh, wasn't it? I think it was yeah. March was the game of February, mm-hmm. yeah. and Everton won at a canter in the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting how the fortunes and, uh, and the two clubs have, have obviously gone down since that mm. point. Um, obviously, West Brom's far more spectacular than Everton's, but um, you know, as I said last season, it was the shootout for the Europa League qualifying place, and now <laughs> it's both teams just want to make themselves a show that they'll be in the division. I mean, the one, the one position as well that you know probably won't be subject to any speculation tomorrow is left back, because Everton only have one player capable of playing there at the moment, which is Cuco Martina. I suppose you could argue that John Joe Kenny could switch over and play on that side. But, you know, Sam suggested, well, you spoke to him after his press conference today, didn't you, Phil? And it sounds like he's, shall we say, enduring some frustration at the moment in the search for a new left-back. Yeah, he basically revealed to us that he, the club is struggling to nail down a target. Um, he didn't say suitable or adequate, but it was inferred that obviously yeah. that's why. Obviously, there's plenty of left backs out there in Europe, but it's finding one that's good enough and a affordable. Um, and they're they're struggling, and he doesn't know if they'll get one in before the deadline. Added to the fact that so it compounds the misery that that, that he seemed to have no time frame on on Leighton Baines's return. Um, and he said when he does come back, it's it's it'd be about bedding him in yeah. and, and not rushing him back because they found that with Balassi and McCarthy that 
you know, they're back but not at full 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 pelt. So yeah. it, it sounds like it's gonna be a while till we see Bainsey again. Um and Sam quite sort of uh, frankly and, and, and candidly said, Look, I think Cuco Marcino has done a fantastic job, but he knows, I know, and everybody knows he's effectively not a left back. Yeah. Um but Sam was there was no beating around the bush when I asked him. I asked him very straight if he still intended to sign a left back, and he just said it's very difficult because they can't mm. find one. Now, you've got to look at that two ways. That's been a problem position for a long time, and the club before Sam arrived should have been looking to address this. Hundred percent. We could yeah. talk until the cows come home about why they haven't done that so far. But from Sam's point of view, if he's going well, if we can get through the rest of the season, it's effectively a write-off, and we have to yeah. be honest about that, don't we? If he thinks well keep my powder dry until the right one comes up in the summer we pay what we think is correct and we get the best player available it's not it, it wouldn't be popular and I appreciate that and I wouldn't be I would be thrilled at that prospect either but maybe in the circumstances you know it would be the sensible thing to do given the club have four weeks yeah. window so to speak to, to get a deal done because um, for me a striker was the priority in the end of that. I mean, we know it's an appalling situation at a club of Everton stature not having any natural left back, you know, available. Are there other solutions there in the squad? I mean, I know Sam, you've seen uh, the under 23s play recently with Luke Garbutt, particularly prominent. I know he wasn't registered as a Premier League footballer at the start of the season, but I think the rules mean that you can change that in January. Was he is he performing at a level that you think is capable of getting back into the Premier League? Offensively, I mean, every time you go and go and watch them, I think 75% of the time he's either scored a goal or set one up from a yeah. from a set piece, so you know what you're getting there, and I think technique-wise as well, he, he mirrors Baines in the way he, he gets forward and, and the way he strikes the ball as well, and I think everyone's seen that goal against Manchester City a few months ago, you yeah. know, there's, there's undoubted talent, but <clears throat> the worrying thing for me is, uh, at the same amount of times I've, I've seen him score goals and produce brilliant crosses in, I've seen him uh, be beaten quite quite easily by lads who, who have never played in the Premier League before yeah. so it, it's a worry isn't it to think if, if this is what happens in under 23s football what has happened if he if he gets put in, put in against you know, a real good player I mean even against West Brom you'd be up against someone like Matty Phillips or something. Yeah. So, what, so what happens there but uh, I don't know it's, it's still a case of square pegs and square holes isn't mm. it put a left foot a left back and yeah. I think a lot of fans would get more behind Garby maybe and, and just in the pure sense if you give him a go then you're saying yeah I've put him in if he does badly you've still gave him that chance haven't you that, it's like the Kenny thing at the start of the season almost I think uh, the feedback I get about Luke and I've had about Luke pretty much mirrors what Sam said there that clearly going forward there's a lot to offer but defensively he perhaps doesn't come up to scratch at this at this point and given, uh, given who the manager of the football club is now Given all of that and putting that into consideration, you can sort of understand why he continues to persevere with Martina yeah. above the other options because you know what you're going to get. Martina yeah. is actually flawed going forward. More. Yeah. Mm. We're actually at the back. He, he's, he's an athlete, so to yeah, speak. He's, he's locked okay the last and, few games. Yeah. You know, look, he's got. You know, we know he's got limitations, but you know, he's done decent jobs on certain players in certain games. So yeah. Sam weighing everything up will probably go. I probably more can rely on Martina at this stage than anybody else. Yeah, it was interesting the analysis of the, uh, the the opening goal down at Wembley. You know, Martina initially appeared to be the player that was responsible. But the more you look at it, it appears to be. 
people not was it McCarthy not tracking a run, you know, sort of back into Jackie Alka, sorry, yeah. Yeah, you know, so we harsh really to you know to isolate him. But you know, the other option I suppose, Brendan Galloway, and it just, I, I find it weird what what's happened to his career. Having started so promisingly and played, you know, about eight or nine games in succession at left back in the Premier League and looked relatively comfortable. Then when I was on loan and didn't hardly play at West Brom, did he? And then he's currently out on loan again. And I don't know, I've not been tracking his career that closely, but he doesn't appear to be pulling up trees at Sunderland now either. You know, would it be worthwhile Everson recalling him? I mean, well, I mean, in some ways, it technically it does mirror Garbutt's yeah, career, yeah, career path. Yeah. Really, like he yeah. had the promising breakthrough a few years ago. Garbutt went on loan to yeah. Wigan and Fulham. Didn't didn't impress yeah. on either situation and now finds himself in the under 23s I'm, I'm not sure it'd be yeah. it'd be different with Galloway or not like he can't he can't get into that Sunderland team it's funny is, isn't it the, the loan system because you know it's funny Sam's said himself a few times that he needs to assess his squad uh, and send some players out on loan we think he's talking about the likes of Benny Beningham and players like that that could probably benefit from a loan. And it's weird that some players do go on loan and they can be disastrous. I'm thinking of Ross Barkley at Sheffield Wednesday where he never got a kick. And, you know, Leeds. Uh, but then you get the one the one exception that proves the rule, Kieran Dowell, who's being an absolute sensation at Nottingham Forest. They, they adore him. And Callum Connolly, yeah. you know, So they, it, it's weird, you know, sometimes players benefit. Seamus Coleman, you know, absolutely flourished when he went to Blackpool. You know, he became mm. a different player. And Sam mentioned him today in the comments, didn't he? said he's training again now. I mean, a suggestion that he's maybe ready for an under-23 run out soon? Um, when I, he touched, Sam touched on the subject about injuries when he was speaking to me about Baines and, and sort of said they've got that issue about Seamus, about when do they play and when yeah. do they not play him. Um, I, I, I've kind of, you know, I would, I would be comfortable if you didn't really see Coleman properly in the first team until the start of next season because yeah. he's too too much of an important player to be messing with 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 an injury like that and, and pushing him too too hard and too soon. Yeah. As I said, right back isn't really an issue, so to speak. John John's done very mm. well. Um, if if it was if, if the right back issue was as, was as severe as the left back issue, you maybe would would think about accelerating his um, his rehab and his return, but. I'm comfortable with him being very much eased back into, yeah. into the forward. I think a lot of this uh, no shots on targets issue comes from you know the fullback situation. I think we took for granted how good you know Seamus Coleman and Leighton Baines were. I mean, in modern football, fullbacks are such an important role because you know people defend you know so slickly, so tightly nowadays. They are generally the position that gets a bit more opportunity to get crosses in and to you know create things. And you know, Everton had two players who were so good at doing that under Martinez. It was ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, sort of crossing for each other to score. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, Wolfsburg was it. But um, you know, the two that we've got there at the moment, John Joe Kenny, surprised me a little. You know, he's been great. You know, got nothing against the lad at all. But his forte playing for the under-23s was getting forward and getting good quality crosses in. We've seen that less. Uh, you know, he's been focusing more on his defensive side of things. And then Cuco Martina, he was basically incapable of doing it because he's like trying to cross with his wrong foot all the time <laughs> yeah. or, or cutting back on it. So as a result, Everson's attacking, you know, limitations, you know, are quite exposed and you're relying more on the likes of Sigurdsson and Balassi to maybe create things. Mm. And uh, it's, it's just been a mess, to be honest. Do you think John Joe's um, reluctance, if you want for a better word, to attack more is indicative of the jump? 23 is the first, you know, that, that doesn't want to be too ambitious that too soon. Yeah, and kept banging on about last season, yeah. and everybody was calling for these kids to be played, and he yeah. kept saying the gap's huge, 
Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. I just wonder whether John Joe is still feeling his way in because he's totally understandable if he is at 20 years old. Yeah. Feeling his way into football at first team level. He's playing for Sam, who prioritises and would emphasise defensive solidity. Yeah. So I, I think maybe it's it's a sign of, of just how how big the jump is from from the two levels. Yeah, I think maybe the fullbacks are just suffering most from the kind of limbo that we're find, finding ourselves in at the minute. Like the performances against West Brom and Bournemouth, especially at the end of the last calendar year, I think they they're the worst they're the worst results of Allardyce's reign so far, really. Yeah. And at the start of this season, we've been playing catch up almost against big teams like United, Liverpool, Spurs. Where we can't we can't really attack them very much, but I think the Spurs game summed it up really. We were we were caught between attack and defence, and Spurs really really punished us, especially in those fullback areas yeah. like Hyun Min Son. Yeah, they just he ran rings around John Joe. Unfortunately, for a lot of the game. Well, I mean, hopefully West Brom aren't going to bring the same kind of you know sort of creative problems you know to try and handle and. You know, there should be a bit of a buzz about the place, you would hope, given the fact that Cheng Tos will be making his home debut. You've got Theo Walcott, you know, making, presumably making his debut. There should be a little bit about the place, you know, a bit of a buzz that they can like sort of tap into. Because, you know, something needs to happen because it's been so flat over the last few games. Yeah. Uh, I probably agree with someone. It is a massive game, you know, so something does need to happen. So. I, I definitely wouldn't under, under, underestimate the significance of a, of a good win. Yeah. I think in terms of momentum, that. That really sort of kicks everything back into gear, doesn't it? And it's a ten-game gap there, or it's a ten-day gap before yeah, the next game. Yeah. So you know, heavens forbid, you know, the result doesn't go the way we want it to go. You know, that's a long yeah. time to analyse. You know, another disappointing result and a long time for social media <laughs> platforms to go into <laughs> meltdown. Oh, the left back. Oh yeah, yeah, there is that as well. It's about, it's about starting to look forward again, though, because yeah. a few weeks ago you were starting to look at eighth and seventh and yeah. Burnley are five, six points off, and then. I found myself the other night saying, if so, beat Man United, you're only four points above the relegation zone, and you're yeah. already automatically looking over your shoulder again. I think, you know, obviously it's not that, you know, no one's saying Everton are going to get relegated, Everton are going to get dragged into a relegation battle, but it is just about getting that feeling of positivity going again, and it yeah. should be, you know, we've got Tosin now, he's had a few weeks, well, a week or so to, to yeah. fit in. We've signed Walcott, you know, to, to keep adding to that feel good factor, because the last thing Allardyce wants, if he wants this job, yeah in the longer term is to let this mm. kind of malaise keep building up because as Koeman's seen the dominoes can start tumbling a lot yeah. quicker than you'd imagine yeah well plus, I was just going to say speaking of Koeman he, he really got got momentum and, and a kick on didn't he in January they obviously yeah, got a, new yeah. sign, a couple of new signs one on New Year's Day which was on the back of a pretty dire draw at Hull yeah. Uh, yeah. a couple of oh. days um, and Everton I think in, some, I re- reminded of a stat the other day I think if Everton's Form between uh, New Year's Day and the end of last season was good enough for like top four or something, yeah. you know, something yeah. like that. Because they literally at home, especially, were just racking up win after win after win. Um, so Sam hopefully will be, will be, you know, hoping for something similar, especially as you say with Walcott in the building and Tosin. Well, it was. It was only one year ago, you know, to this week, wasn't it? That, you know, beat Manchester City four well, nil, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's all gone pear shaped since then. I mean, Tom Davis was absolutely, you know, sort of sparkling that day and. He's found it difficult this season, hasn't he? It's been a. I feel Tom's been the victim of playing in a team and struggling. Yeah. Mm. If you think about when he eventually, quite rightly, forced his way in last season, it coincided with that that spell when the the team started to have a bit more shape about it, and Cumin had got into them and, and they were playing better. And he re- he, he was yeah. he, he was played a huge part in that run, but he also was riding the crest of that wave as well. If you like, yeah. it was it was the double the double hit. And I think what you found with Tom this season is. 
he's been in and out of the team. You know, the, the club spent a lot of money in positions he would like to be playing in, and the team was struggling. And he, he looked exactly what he is, and that's a young midfielder still learning his yeah. trade. And that's not a criticism of Tom by any stretch, but I think he, you know, it's that second season syndrome sure. almost. Isn't it? If the team was still flying, I fully expect Tom would have been a, a huge part of it. But you know, it, but it'll be. He'll look back on that when he's 35 and go, yeah, it was a great season for me <laughs> because I learned everything. Exactly, exactly. It just adds a bit more pressure on him, doesn't it, really, when, when the team's not performing too yeah. well and obviously with being such a young player, like it's it's hard to shoulder that kind of burden. Yeah. And that's why that's why we need to give a huge amount of credit to Dominic Calvert-Lewin for, yeah. for managing to shoulder a very similar burden. I was watching the highlights from that City game and it was the one-year anniversary this weekend. I think you know there was one highlights package where it just showed Tom Davis's clips from that game. I think this season you've kind of forgotten what his qualities are, haven't you? Because mm. he's not amazing at one thing, but when you look, he can do a bit of everything. You know that City game, he chased the ball down, he won the ball back. You know with that little skill he done, he's got yeah. a bit of dynamic lock. He can, you know, you think he could spray, spray a few passes. Now he really can do everything. And, and as Phil was saying, then I think that's just been a case. You, you could almost. What was that really bad game he had? Was it Leon, the Europa League? And there was, there was people all shouting for him to be taken off and you yeah. could see, you know, it has just all built up on him and it's not fair for a young lad to have that kind of pressure around his shoulders and because, you know, Schneidlin was playing so bad as well, I think he was getting through in the team just purely because we yeah. had no one else to play, did we? Yeah. Yeah. I, def- I definitely sensed there was, there was a point in that period when he, he was, str- was trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a common, yeah. it's a common pitfall for young players, isn't it? trying too hard and it's not going your way just try harder and everything that everything he was trying was not coming off or yeah. you know, every, every mistake was being punished that type of thing it was just just unfortunate circumstance in many ways well I mean one player who it is a very big day for tomorrow was Theo Walcos who spoke very impressively I thought at the uh, the press conference you know to announce him this morning um, he talked about the uh, the ambition of the club being what seduced him really. You know, talk of a new stadium, talk of new players coming in. Clearly, you know, the, the Farhad Mashiri factor has, uh, has, has been sold to him. And uh, I think, you know, we all agreed that, you know, he is a, a good signing. He's something that Emerson haven't got. I personally think that maybe uh, an away game would have been a better one for him to make his debut in. You know, so using that pace, West Brom presumably are going to sit very, very deep and be difficult to get behind. But he brings something Everton don't have. 19 goals last season, um, pace to burn, and he did seem quite level-headed. Like you know, he's he settled in fairly quickly. Spoke about Wayne Rooney as well, you know, and the influence that he brought to bear on him actually coming to the club in the first place. So you know, whilst we said earlier that Rooney may be finding it you know more difficult to find a defined role in the team, he's still very very influential, isn't he? You know, so yeah. on and off the pitch. Yeah, um, I think Theo. What you know, we have to look back at the at the. Um, the quotes and stuff, but Theo won't be the first who's mentioned Wayne yeah. in terms of I spoke to Wayne, Wayne Rooney, you know. I think even when Sigurdsson joined he spoke about he spoke about Wayne, you know, it's we underestimate what a global icon he is, really, well, don't know, we? Yeah, you know, yeah. English football team's <laughs> highest goal scorer ever. And, yeah. you know, we take it for granted a little bit sometimes. I think we've got too comfortable that he's back. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That whole furore of the summer will he won't see, shouldn't yeah. he shouldn't he? Uh, and he's still top scorer. Yes, yeah. 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 still can't take penalties, but you know, he's still top scorer. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I, I think as we were saying earlier on in, in the podcast, really feel now is 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 the time where Sam has Sam has got to start playing Wayne regularly as this deep line midfielder, and let's let's yeah. let's see what he can do. You know, an extended run in that position. We've got more attacking yeah. options now. So we're actually talking about penalties just then because you're not had any sniffs at who's on pens now, have you? Because uh, 
Cheng Tosin, 100% record in Turkey, yeah, yeah. Uh, 11 out of 11. And, you know, strikers do like to, you know, sort of take that responsibility. I think that's where my first goal scorer <laughs> pounds might be going, uh, might, might be going tomorrow. <laughs> it would be an interesting yeah. one to see. Yeah, no, we, uh, I mean, obviously Wayne, Wayne seems to be now the designated first choice, but as you say, his record isn't great. No. And if you look back at the past three, four, five seasons, it, Everton's penalty taking has been an issue really because of, Baines it take you know Baines he yeah. was, was phenomenal at one point, but then he gets it taken off him by Morales. Yeah. was getting it, and then it, you know it seems like a trivial thing, but you know who is the defined penalty taker at Everton football? It, it's a weird one. I'm convinced that Leighton Baines has had a psychological issue about penalties since he missed that one at United. Um, you know, David De Gea, you know, who's yeah. quite capable of stopping anybody's penalties, mm-hmm. but it just because he had been so unflappable so good I think that just planted a bit of a seed in, in his mind and you know he always says he gave up the responsibility to Lukaku to Morales to Barkley because he thought it would improve their confidence and you know I believe him in that but equally I think he was probably quite happy to you know you know, push the responsibility yeah. to one side and you know I've spoken to him about it you know you're the best player at the club taking penalties why aren't you taking them frequently yeah. and you know he'll dismiss it with the, the, the same you know explanation oh it's better for other people but you know it's important you need a reliable penalty well, taker because you know nerves of steel against Watford didn't they? yeah exactly to win, win the game well, yeah. how big was that you know in hindsight yeah. you know, looking back so maybe Tosin will be as good I don't know anyway one um, bit of news that we've had over the last uh, hour or so which Probably only I'm qualified to talk about it because I'm old enough. Is uh, uh, the football league of now? Sorry, the Premier League of announced that every stadium will be having a minute's applause. I will be wearing black armbands uh, in tribute to Cyril Regis. And um, yeah, I was old enough to remember him playing at Goodison Park um, in an era when racism was sadly rife. It was as prevalent at Goodison as it was anywhere else. And he was a pioneer and a trailblazer uh, in that respect because you know obviously black players had played before him. But he was just so good. He was so exceptional that you know he made people sit up and take notice because of his talent, uh, you know, rather than his colour. And you know he, he won people round. He refused to be intimidated because um, it, it could be a very very unpleasant experience everywhere. You know, in that age, and you know deserved you know every, every single you know sort of tribute that's being paid this week. An incredible character. And I'm pleased that you know there is going to be some kind of formal recognition you know sort of what he did in football. Uh, at Goodison, where West Brom, of course, are the visitors. You know the club that you know he's most synonymous with. So uh, I, th- I think that you know is you know, fair play to the Premier League. I think that was necessary. I think I think as, as we know, we think it's probably worth mentioning that Everton were already absolutely in advanced talks absolutely. with West Brom yeah. about things anyway, even before the Premier League, well, seemingly under public pressure, yeah. um, put that out today. But you know Everton were, were well on their way to, to organising something anyway. So and they're very good at that. They do. Yeah, they actually said they would wanted to just make sure that the family, you know, were comfortable with it, and West Brom themselves were comfortable with it before they actually formally announced anything. But you know, obviously uh, the Premier League went ahead and did it anyway. So come on, we normally uh, bring these things to a conclusion by predicting the result and getting it hopelessly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us went for a 4 0 hiding last week, did we? So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Pride. I said to you before, I'll have the three points for that one. Yeah, well, let's, said, let's well, not we remember what I said. Don't celebrate that. Well, Sam's going last on this then, because obviously he's going to like sort of name at last. No, I mean, go on, Phil. What, what kind of performance, what kind of uh, game are you expecting on um, Saturday? I think Everton will win 2-0. I think there'll be a reaction. Um, I think West Brom 
will they've got they they obviously got that win that's that's kind of a, kind of a line in the sand for them. But I think if you ask Alan Pardew now, he'd be thrilled with a point. Yeah, I don't think they'll get it. Um, I've I said it. I think we said it on the podcast earlier in the week. I've just got a weird feeling Tolshin will score. Yeah, I think at home smaller well it feels like a smaller pitch I yeah, think yeah. He'll, be, he'll be in the box more I think they'll get the ball from the box more Walcott one side Balassi the other Sigurdsson in his right position maybe Wayne maybe not um, I feel Everton will grind them down and, and, and win 2-0 but I'm, I'm prepared for a half time 0-0 yeah. head in hands <laughs> what's going on <laughs> and then just just get just getting over the line. I just yeah, I'd feel it be one of those uh, one of those afternoons. Mm. Yeah, I thought I thought Sam Allardyce's comments today were quite pointed. Where he said, you know, you, you specifically referred to the poor forty four minutes mm. at Wembley. You know, obviously the first minutes, you know, he was reasonably content with, and after that, it just like <laughs> just collapsed. So, I mean, do you think there'll be a reaction, Adam? Do you think um, we'll see a much needed home win? I think there will be a reaction, but I think West Brom is arguably one of the worst teams that we could have. Yeah, yeah, we could have picked. I think KG is the word that sticks out to me. I think we will look better yeah. attacking with the likes of Tosin and Walker, but obviously West Brom are so resolute defensively; they'll be set up to be resolute defensively. I think maybe a two-one. Yeah, personally, yeah. And more because they've got Barry. Yeah, you know, he, he apparently had an absolute storm against Brighton. Mm. They were all raving about him, which is no surprise to anybody sat around this table. Um, so, so I, you know, I think it's a, that's a big part for me for Sigurdsson. Yeah. Tomorrow, you know, because obviously Barry will be the deep line player for them. I think he's got to get a, get amongst him yeah. because we know what Barry does. He plays it forward. Mm. He gets teams moving. Yeah, we can only hope that he gets booked very, very early this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit, yeah. No, he'll get a great reception and thoroughly deserved as well because we've said many times before he should never have been sold in the summer, but unfortunately yeah. he was. So come on, Sam, don't you dare predict a 4 0 defeat. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually going full reversal last weekend. Yeah. The optimism of youth. Go on. You've got Tosin, you've got Walcott with a, with a point to prove. Two goals apiece, you heard me first. Well, I was confident that Cenk Tosin was going to score at Wembley last week and I got that wrong. I mean, he very nearly got an assist, didn't he, but for a linesman's flag. Um, I, I'm more along the lines of thinking with Phil here. I think we could see a very similar to a Huddersfield-type game. Although, given that West Brom are an altogether more difficult team to break down and altogether you know, a better team, I think, than Huddersfield, despite the relative you know, league positions, um, I think it could be frustrating for 45 minutes. I think the crowd will have to be patient, which is something the Goodison crowd is often not very good at. Um, but I think that we will see Everton break West Brom down. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go for a 2 0 home win as well. So, you know, come back to us next week, listen to us all, you know, so explain how we all got it horribly wrong. But come join us and we'll look back on what's hopefully been uh, a very, very much needed home victory. Till then, cheerio.